0: As a listener of the Shift Your Consciousness podcast, presented by Marcus White and Jordan Briggs, we would like you to understand that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Any changes to your supplementation, nutrition, or lifestyle should only be done after consulting with a medical professional. Welcome to the shift your consciousness podcast. My name is Marcus White and
1: my name is Jordan Briggs. We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower
0: people to live a healthy fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the
1: indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media, and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow, and live a connected life.
0: If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues, and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness thanks for listening
1: we hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey if you want to follow on for more please subscribe and follow us on instagram at life athlete health and at coach jordan briggs and if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave a review we'll see you next time welcome to the shift your consciousness podcast my name is marcus white and my name is jordan briggs We help people overcome a range of chronic and acute health issues and empower people
0: to live a healthy, fulfilling life. Our mission in this podcast is to bring oppressed and current relevant information from all realms of health that you most likely don't know to empower new possibilities in your health journey. We want to help free your mind of the
1: indoctrination of the mainstream medical system, media and societal dogma that disempowers your ability to heal, grow and live a connected life.
0: If you're someone who is feeling trapped in your journey, not getting answers, but also equally fascinated in learning how to address the root cause to your health issues, and is also open-minded to all mediums of health, this podcast is for you. So come join us to shift your consciousness. Okay, welcome
1: to the podcast, everyone. Um, My name is Jordan. I'm here with Marcus. Um, How are you doing, Marcus? I'm good, mate. Awesome, bro. Um, today's discussion is going to be uh, an exciting one. I, I feel like our audience um, is, you know, quite uh, women dominated, <laughs> yeah. um, which is really exciting. We want to go into women's hormones and, um, and, and go into the depths and the holistic aspects of what drives hormonal issues. And I think it's also just important to also just bring some education because I feel like, you know, one thing that I find a lot of women that come into my programs, they, they're quite unaware of their cycle and actually you know how their cycle actually like the phases of their cycle um you know what a, what like what a healthy kind of like you know pms like is and like menstruation kind of symptoms yeah. are you know because I, I think a lot of people quite kind of uh, women normalize you know like really heavy symptoms um and that you know you, you get a lot of women that come into uh the work as well and they're you know they're quite normalized within like the system of you know taking the pill you know, and then you know, taking the pill as a thing to you know treat hormonal imbalances, um, which we know is only really just shutting off women's hormones. Yeah. So we want to talk a lot into the pill and actually what that's doing as well. Um, and you know, talking to the root causes of where a lot of these hormonal imbalances start and these cascades start. Um, so we'll go into those those layers um, because you know that we do want to look at the body as not only a physical. Um, and physiological and biochemical kind of organism, we want to look at it as also an emotional, energetic organism as well. So we want to look at also emotions and how that also um, plays a role. So we look forward to going into this a little bit more. Um, I know Marcus is right into women's health, and he he's been able to help so many women in their journey. So I'd I'd love to start um, with you, Marcus. Like, what's your experience with working with women? And you know, maybe seeing them have challenges around their cycle, maybe around their hormones. You know, what are maybe some of the 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 things that you notice in women that maybe they're a little bit unaware? Maybe they have certain certain belief systems around their cycle, or maybe they, um, yeah, maybe they're just just in the dark. Like, what have you noticed in your clients?
0: Yeah, like you, you actually nailed the point. Um, there's obviously a little bit of like misinformation yeah. around it, but just very uneducated. Like, yeah. I don't think I should be more educated on a female cycle than a female. So, sometimes yeah. I've, I've, you know, and that's that's a bit of a, maybe a blight on, you know, the educational system in school and stuff like that. Like, girls should be taught straight away as soon as, you know, maybe even before that they, before they're going to um, menstruate, like what's coming, Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the time you'll talk to women and they were shamed about their period. Their per- parents didn't talk to them about it. Um, so, they have like really no understanding. Even when it like actually did happen, um, it was sort of duck shoved, not to be talked about sort of thing. So, it's it's a, it's a tough process for a female to um, go through. Now, mm-hmm. like sometimes it's s- some of the best things I love doing um, for females is just talking through... Um, the waves of their cycle and how it should be, Yeah. and then it starts to give them a little bit of clarity on where they're at. So, um, obviously, there's um, four pretty, pretty much four distinct phases in the in the cycle. You have your the menstruation. We have our follicular phase. We have our ovulation, which is um, during the follicular phase, and then you'll have your luteal phase. Mm. Now, there's a different hormonal process throughout. Um, each phase. So, throughout the follicular phase, um, you know, just after menstruation, we start to see a rise in estrogen. Now, this is where someone will be possibly um, they're going to be uh, processed carbohydrates a lot better. They're going to be a lot stronger in the gym. They might also be a little bit more sensitive to histamine in this sort of um, in this stage. So, they might find that they tolerate red wine, a little bit less in the follicular phase than they do in the luteal phase. Mm. Um, and then that will rise up until ovulation. And then at ovulation, a woman will feel their best energy, they'll feel sexy, they'll feel ready for intercourse, those sorts of things. And it's a natural yeah. process because their body's getting ready to reproduce. Mm. Then what happens is after ovulation, um, we generally see a, um, a more of a rise in progesterone And the reason progesterone rises is that it protects the incoming fetus. So um, it does some amazing things. So it will slow down the motility of of food going through the gastrointestinal tract sometimes. So what that's doing is it's doing that so that you can uptake as much of the nutrients possible for the upcoming fetus. Um, It'll also help with um, blood flow. Um, It'll also help with more of a calming effect. Mm. But also within this phase as I talked about, you're more um, insulin resistant during this phase. So you're not going to handle carbohydrates as much uh, as well. Mm. So you'll want to go more of like a lower carb um, nutrition outline throughout this stage. There's just a few little things you know, yeah. that you could throw out. But what you should be feeling during this through the luteal phase is calm. Mm. Progesterone is, has a calming effect. You should be less anxious, but mm. women don't go through that because that, that generally what they'll say is, I'm a maniac throughout this period. Yeah. As they're leading up to menstruation, that's the second half of your cycle. And a lot of the reason behind that is going to be low progesterone. Yeah. Now, this can be um, for a few different reasons. One of the big reasons you mentioned is um, the oral contraceptive pill. That mm. a lot of women are put on very early, very early on. So they'll, they'll go into um, a GP um, straight away onto contraception, whether that's to stop them having a baby or to help balance out hormones, it's yeah. not balancing out anything, but they are progestin based. So they're synthetic progesterone based. Mm. And what that does is it shuts down the production of your own progesterone. Now, a lot of women go loopy on the pill. And mm. I don't blame them for going loopy yeah. because it's not right. And then what happens is they want to try and get off it, but then they start to find that when they come off it, um, they have all these hormonal dysfunctions, and then it's a, a never-ending cascade of trying to figure out what's you know what's going on with them. Mm. Um, now, for me, a lot of the time when I'm working with clients, hell of a lot of the hell of a lot of the issues come back to um, poor gut health. Mm. Now, if we look at – and this is yeah, an interesting one. You know, people think – and I've talked about this before. People think that things just happen overnight. But if we look at most of our lifestyles, we – we and this is my generation – ate very poorly as a child. Yes. And like you know, my mum would say, you know, no, no, I cooked your meals and stuff like that. But if you looked at mm. my my lunchbox, yep. it was tiny teddies. You know Thins chips And a Vegemite sandwich You know On white bread (laughs) It's not Not really that great And then you go through We go into our Teenage years And what do we start doing Start drinking Drinking, Eating poorly Still like And we've got even more control So we start going to Macca's Eating even more Terrible processed food Um, uh, Then we go into our you know, we start to maybe get into our late teens and early 20s. People start experimenting with drugs. Yeah. Um, there's a cascade that ends up in this, like, hormonal dysfunction that people- oh, all the makeup and all the, all, all the hair products. A hundred percent. I nearly missed that. that. Yeah, yeah. Chemicals
1: a- that replicate ish in the body. A
0: hundred percent. that's, yeah. yeah. So, then all of a sudden, we've got this um, cascade of toxic mm-hmm. compounds coming from the food, the things that we're putting on our skin- um, the food that we're ingesting, plus a medication that has dropped our um, dropped or dropped most of our hormonal production, mm-hmm. and we've got a pool of issues, and then we combine that with some sort of microbiome imbalance, and there's no wonder why we've got a hormonal epidemic. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, so I definitely relate to that. I want to go back a step because um, I think there's a lot of valid points there, and I like obviously talking about the pill is a big one. And I think what I'd like, I think a thing that I'd like to go into in today's podcast is giving our viewers some strategies of how to like track their cycle without doing the pill. So maybe we could start there. Yep. Um, what, what's a strategy that you do with your clients? Cause I know I get my clients to, to track yep. their cycle. Yep. Know when they're ovulating. Yep. Especially when they're off the pill. Yep. Um, I also get them to track their mucus changes, yeah, around day 14. Yep. Yeah. And we know that ovulation should only really last between three and six days, correct?
0: No, no, ovulation is 24 hours, but sperm can um, stay alive within the female for around seven days. Seven days, yeah, correct, yeah. Yep. So, so, you so they can be fertile, reg- fertile, fertile for that long. For like, no, yeah, that's right, yep. yeah. So,
1: and then... Um, And then body temperature changes as well. Yes. Yeah. Around ovulation. So between, I think it's about 0.5 a degree. Yes. Change. Yeah. Yeah. In typical body temperature. So you can check that first thing in the morning.
0: Yep. First thing. You don't want to, you say you want to, and you want to get a thermometer. Thermometer. Yeah. Yeah. Get a thermometer. Um, There's a lot of really good apps. Mm. Um don't quote me I actually I couldn't tell you the names of Do you have a, do you have any names that you use for the for the tracking, tracking yeah Yeah so you got glow I think it's glow glows one Glow there's another good one the Flow flow and glow I think they're
1: like yeah, <laughs> flow yeah. And glow.
0: yeah. M- might have to get a get um Might have to look through my notes and get some of the apps, some of the because I think there's a few better ones that have come out recently that are even um, easier to use and better to read. There's even
1: the Aura Ring, well, not the Aura Ring, sorry, but it's a it's a tracking one now for female cycle. It's actually designed for females. Yeah, right. So it's I forget the name of it, um, but you'll be able to look it up. Our viewers, they'd be able to look it up. They'd be able to find it straight away. It's just come out in the market. It's pretty interesting. Like the new the new gadget, new tech. That all, all the women. Well, a love lot of them, women so. use the
0: aura ring as well, but yeah. just not sure about its accuracy. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I think it tracks
1: Hrv. It tracks obviously um, body temperature. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah. obviously syncs it into an app as well, and yeah, and tracks their cycle. So yeah.
0: So for people who not, um, you know, with cervical mucus when it uh, around ovulations, some people mm. don't understand like what it should um, what it should look like. Yeah. So um, around ovulation, it should be an eggy white substance. Yeah. And you should be able to, if you p- push your fingers together with the, with the cervical mucus in your thumb and your index finger, you should be able to separate your thumb and your finger by about an inch and it wow. should stick together. Yep. Yeah. So that that's generally what the mucus should look like at around ovulation and yep. that should um, give you a pretty good understanding. What that's showing is we're getting a little bit more water to the cervix um, which is going to help open up swimming lanes for um, sperm to be able to enter.
1: Do you, do you want to give a, a testimonial for what you noticed with that? Because I remember you sharing a story with me with one of your clients um, oh, yeah. that got pregnant and you, um, you actually tracked that with her. And then <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Well, myself and my wife do a preconception program yeah. and um, like so we combine our, both our tools Together mm. Now, uh, obviously, you know, there's things like I can have an understanding analytically about the female cycle and their hormones and everything like that, but I'm not experiencing it. Yeah. So, you know, Belle, that's where like Belle, my wife, um, you know, she sort of comes into play where she obviously knows the analytics as well, but she also understands the body a lot more, the female body, yeah. cause she experiences it every day. So, anyway, we were working with a client. She had struggled to fall pregnant. Well, she'd fallen pregnant and had a miscarriage, then stopped falling pregnant, did IVF, no luck. Um, anyway, her menstrual cycle was, well, geez, I think it was out at like maybe 50, 60 days, maybe every couple of months or something like that. Anyway, um, she had no idea when she was ovulating. Um, anyway, we worked on a lot of stuff within her gut health. I found a lot of dysfunctions, a few thyroid um, dysfunctions as well, worked on that. Um, she started getting signs of ovulation. So, Belle had her tracking her ovulation really well. We got about, I think, about two and a half months or maybe a little bit more, three months into the program. Mm -hmm. And um, she said to Belle, oh, I I have a rise in my temperature. Anyway, um, we were like, okay, this could be, you know, a sign of ovulation. And she's like, can you check your mucus? Um, Anyway, checked her mucus and did all the tests that we said. And Belle said to her, listen, if you... If you have sex today, you'll most likely fall pregnant. In saying that, we've got a little bit more work we want to do. So maybe just hold off for a month or two. Anyway, they didn't hold off, which we understand why. And bang, she fell pregnant. And she knew a week later. She knew seven days later. Love was, those clients, I man. I know. They're the, the best. They're yeah, the best. yeah. And um, so it was I, when she said, "Oh, I'm pregnant." I'm like, "Surely yeah. that wasn't that week ago. Surely they yeah, yeah. you know, they had sex a month ago or something yeah, like that, yeah, and it, well, it happened." She's yeah. like, "No, no, no. It was that time."
1: Wow. <laughs> and that and that just goes to show not only when the and, and I notice this with all my female clients that I have full pregnancy in a protocol is that they spend maybe eight weeks. 12 weeks maybe not a whole lot of time nah. just cleaning up things you know improving their gut health improving their diet improving their lifestyle and um, emotions all those things and their and their nervous system um and all of a sudden their, their body starts to feel like it's ready to have a baby and i think it's incredible um when you see that but i you know it, it goes to show as well and you're you sharing that is is that like there's a small window of time in the month yeah that when it's time it's time you yeah. know and so I think a lot of a lot of women don't really actually know that no, which is crazy. Yeah, they 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 think that oh, you know, I've got to take the pill because I could get pregnant any time of the month. Nah, yeah. But if you really know actually how the female cycle works, yeah, and you contract things correctly, you can either have sex during that time, know that you're going to get pregnant, or if you're maybe a bit more careful, you won't. And it's a much healthier option. Yeah. Because we know what the pill does.
0: Well, and yeah. to be honest, if you look at the stats, it's actually got a better um, success rate at um, controlling um, fertility. You know what I mean? Because like there's a high case failure rate with the pill, I think just based on people maybe missing a day and stuff like that. Yeah. Same with condoms. But if you understand your cycle... I think uh, like don't quote me on the stats, but I'm pretty sure it's 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 a better, it's more efficient. It, 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 it's either better or similar. Yeah. I think it's I think it's better. It's I think better, it's more it? efficient. Yeah. yeah, because um, yeah, I, I like because what you got to understand is you got three weeks of the of of your cycle that you won't fall pregnant. So yeah, that's right. You can have intercourse that whole time. It's just the ovulation and the five or six days before that. Yeah and that you like you're in you're in um the fertility window. Yeah, exactly. And I and I
1: would, and I'd say it's, it gets easier as you get healthier to track this as well. Yeah. And that's why you know, it, it's important to be to be working on those foundations. I suppose um, the only
0: hard thing is, is like like we've said, you're feeling you're sexiest and you want to have sex the most around yeah. ovulation.
1: Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
0: and and that and that that is going to make it harder, especially <laughs> when you're a bit more
1: randy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, no, um, no, that's good. But yeah, I, I'd like to go back a step actually yep. to where you said as well about and and I've seen this a lot in my clients. Is like the shame that they have around their their period and how that that started maybe when they were, you know, in their teenage years. Um, yeah. I had one woman that I've worked with that shared this, um, you know, very vulnerable in one of our women's circle sessions, just about how her mother didn't actually even educate her about her period. So when she had it, she thought she was dying. Yeah, and it was it That's was crazy. Just didn't know. Yeah, and like you know, but then I've also had. Um, you know, and I I've I I uh, you know I have other clients as well that have said that they've been kind of like, kind of like shamed about their discharge as well. Like, yeah, hey, you get your discharge in your undies, like yeah, like from their parents and things like that. Really? So, yeah, yeah. stuff well, like it doesn't that. not me. But and 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 I think when you look at this, all right, Like for, for what I notice from more of an energetic standpoint, which is a big part in my practice of our I women's hormones is not only just energetics, but also the gut and yada yada. But from an energetic standpoint it really grooms or conditions probably a better word women into their masculine because they don't feel safe safe Mm. in their feminine and the natural state of their of their body and and i think like there's nothing more divinely perfect than the female cycle it's like it's just incredible yeah um and it should be it's you know it, it should be nurtured and loved and um and you should feel powerful in it. Um, yeah. And a lot of women don't.
0: Well, you think about us as a teenagers. like, yeah. I just remember, and look, for me, I grew up in a house full of women. So, like, I never understood when guys were grossed out about it. Like... Yeah, you know, that's and they, another one yeah, as well. well yeah. yeah, well, yeah, they're shamed. Like, like, oh, yeah. you're on your rags, you're on this. Like, as teenagers, well, yeah. dude, yeah, that's another big the one. Big yeah. one, big one. And I used to think, like... It's just normal, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. what's the what's the big deal? It's like, yeah. but yeah, guys shame girls. They did. I remember being a in school,
1: Like that happened. Yeah,
0: hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah, so that was um that's a big thing. So then it's all like and like I talk to clients now, and yeah. I don't know if you get this. Some clients are like just open as like they're yeah. just like, this is what's going on with my cycle, this is the discharge, like bang. And then some yeah. clients are like, sorry about all the information. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want all the information. Don't, yeah. don't cut it off. But they're too scared to share it because they've been told that it's gross. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, I, and like I don't, you know, I don't blame them. That's what they've been told their whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's um, and like obviously as males here, we want to buck that trend. We yeah. wanted to be spoken about, like I, like my daughter. I want yeah. her to be safe to say um, to come to me. Like yeah. obviously she'll probably go to her she'll go to her mother, but I would love for my daughter to yeah. feel safe and say, "Dad, this is going on with me. What do I do?" Absolutely, and I, and I be able to explain to her the cycle that's going through. Not be like, "Oh, that's you know, that's not for me. I don't yeah, do that." Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, shut away, <laughs> Yeah, exactly,
1: and just be avoiding. that's yeah. your mum's job or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. One hundred percent, man. I, I I second that. Um, it's funny you say that, man. Like I, I actually remember one like girl like at school being humiliated she got out of a pool and she had her period and like i remember like all these kids laughing at her like
0: imagine how horrific that would be
1: oh it's horrific and kids are brutal yeah brutal yeah Yeah. and and it's funny because i just dropped in there like holy shit that's like Mm. that happens yeah 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 so i really feel and empathize with any of the women that have been through anything like this and also even experiencing that because that's also experiencing that is going to make you apprehensive as well yeah yeah so um
0: (laughs) You know, ad, what other, I mean,
1: yeah. And what I mean, experiencing, I mean, like, being a witness of that. Sort yeah, of stuff. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 I like, part of me wishes that, you know, yeah. I was a braver young man and I would have said, shut, well, shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Me but too. I,
0: I, yeah, I didn't have that in me at
1: that time. <laughs> exactly. And that's why the education has to, you know, we can only look at the future generations and, and start to bring this education through and also with our children. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that that's one thing. Also, also notice from an energetic standpoint with a lot of women, I'd like to go through the different dysfunctions with, with Mm. um, hormones as well with you. But one of the other things that I notice in a lot of women that tend to have like, you know, maybe hypothalamic amoeurea or they might just have amenorrhea or they might just have, um, you know, maybe even things like antigen dominance sort of issues Mm. like PCOS and all that, that they've grown up either with this, like what we've just been speaking about, that sort of stuff going on or, um, and it's groomed them into the, or conditioned them into the masculine. Um, But where maybe they've grown up in a, in a home where it's felt kind of unsafe as well. Like Mm. maybe a a reactive father, or maybe they had a mother who was uh, single parenting and then they had to feel like they had to take on a fair bit of responsibility from a young age Um, or whether they had, felt like I had to take on the responsibility for other people's emotions, whether that being their their, their parents that were carrying a lot of stress or, or their own trauma or their own stuff. I mean, the, the list really goes on there, but anything that conditions you into not feeling entirely safe and feeling like maybe you have to support yourself or to take on responsibility for things to feel safe, all those things, being in that state of protection and that kind of typical masculine energetic um, nature... I do notice that a lot of women's hormones get affected and I, I'm going to say more than 9.5 times out of 10. I'm going to say 10 times out of 10. That's uh, a big, big, big call. Of the women that I've worked with, with PCOS, have had that stuff going on. Something yeah. that has conditioned them into the masculine. It's a big call. I know, big call, but I'm going to call it. Like <laughs> I, I, I don't, I've, I've, I, every time I screen my, my women, uh, female clients that have got um, androgen dominance issues and PCOS, every single time. Yeah. So um, I, don't, I don't think it's everything, but it's definitely a major layer.
0: Like well, so you just said, it was ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no.
1: It's, a, it's ten out of ten. They have that going on, but I don't think it. it's everything. I'm not gonna remember. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Well, um, so going into the dysfunctions, like yep you talked about it before. Like, so we talk about like hypothalamic amenorrhea, and this is the yeah. other thing that. Like it's going to move into sort of the stuff you're talking about is like your hypoth- like hypothalamus dysfunction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And our so hypothalamus and the pituitary gland are responsible for sending hormones to each other and then sending hormones to the ovaries. Yep. So a little just a snapshot. Hypothalamus sends gonadotropin releasing hormone to the pituitary gland. Which then releases follicle stimulating hormone or luteinizing hormone to the ovaries to produce estrogen and progesterone. Correct. Yeah. So, and it's the same for men as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. To so the gonads
1: right. and then and to the yolk eggs that goes into um, testosterone. Yeah, well, latex cells and yep. yeah, testosterone. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
0: So, going into that, like you know, we talked. Jordan just talked about um, possibly living in a in an environment that's push you into the masculine. Mm. Um, you could also be living in an environment under high amounts of stress, whether mm. that's emotional stress. Um, we can even like, you know, we can even talk about uh, environmental stress. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, like the amount of chemicals and toxins that you're exposed to Um yeah, you know, it could be financial stress, it could be anything over a long period of time. Allostatic load. Yeah, exa- that's what we'd call it, allostatic load, where mm. the bucket gets full. Now, mm. the bucket can be full and we have an impact on the messages coming from the brain to the ovaries. Mm. And then so we've all of a sudden shut down somewhat, not shut down, but um, reduced heavily our, our efficiency of um, hormonal production. Mm. which then leads to something we call amenorrhea, which would be loss of period. Yeah. Yeah. So, you you lose, um, the you know, you pretty much lose your function of your ovulation and your period. And this happens as well with women when they become, I talked about stress, when they become too lean. I talked about it in another podcast. Oh, you no,
1: know, I was going to say it. Like yeah. Bodybuilding, mm. um, like women that go and do bodybuilding comps, things like that. Yeah, that's or they, one they train too they, hard, marathon yeah.
0: runners. Yeah. Um, and this just shows where the, like, you know, we talk about, and we're not going a little bit of depth here, like equality and stuff like that. Like we're not equal. Like yeah. we're not equal. We're different. We're to- we're, we're different. We're the, we're the same and we're different. And yeah. you know the the body will the body will show it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like you know, you could have a man, but you know what? I say that, but like. If you put a, a marathon runner as a man, I guarantee you most likely his testosterone is pretty flat. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. he's just under so much stress.
1: Yeah, but you do train a woman different differently to yeah. do You
0: train a man because you've got to train them around their cycle. Exactly. Bang, we might have just gone into the next little part here. <laughs> yeah, that, that
1: that that is a good segue, and then we can talk about other dysfunctions li- later. But yeah. that, that's a good segue because a lot of a lot of um you know, trainers aren't educated in this. Um, I actually had, and I, and I can put my hand up, like I used to train women when I first got in the industry, the same as I trained men. 100%. Because you're not educated in it. But as soon as I went and did further education, then I started to learn that, holy shit, I'm working against their physiology hmm. and I'm trying to do squats with the woman who's on their freaking menstruation. Like, no yeah. wonder they're getting back pain and they're, they're not feeling good because there's literal kind of like you know the 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 inner core unit muscles want to relax at that time they're, they're easing off yeah they're wanting to create space for for the period and the swelling and the all the things and obviously the hormonal kind of plummeting as well the body's yeah. not going
0: to have as much resistance against stress also purging as well like purging, yeah. yeah you're purging blood like yeah it's it's, it's, full it's on. not a time to be at like at your physical best it's a time no. for rest rest exactly yeah so um, if we talk
1: about that, like the way I, I train my females now is, um, you know, I tend to slowly build up their, their training through the follicular. Mm. And then, um, you know, I might start with, you know, I wouldn't be doing like heavy, you know, one, one RMs, three RMs, five RMs, like during, during the early stage of the follicular phase, yeah. especially not menstruation. Um, but I tend, to, I tend to phase them into heavier work through the middle of their cycle. Yeah. Um, depending on what we're working on. And then what I tend to do is I tend to phase it off. Yeah. And then coming into PMS, I tend to maybe do a little bit of like aerobic work. Yeah. Just to help with blood glucose regulation, things like that. Yeah. And then um, and then usually around menstruation, it's like pull, pull the brakes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do you train? Uh, a lot. Well, definitely want them to pull the brakes around menstruation, but also yeah. um, look a lot of my females, I'm trying to deload. You know oh, I mean? of course like yeah. when they're dealing with health issues yeah exactly yeah. right yeah, yeah so yeah. I look to be honest like i haven't i haven't had i don't have many i don't really have any clients at the moment that i would be specifically training them yep. for like optimal training around their cycle yeah, in yeah, that yeah. sense yeah, yeah because a lot of them i'm trying to deload exactly. a lot of their lifestyle and trying to take down that allostatic load um with their training their training is like mostly around like I I want movement. I want you lifting things, but um, I'm actually trying to pull you back because most women are, and this might segue into the other thing, most women are just doing way too much. Oh, absolutely. And this is when we talk about the stress, like (laughs) trying to do it all, you know, they're under eating, um, so they're undernourished, they're overworking, overtraining, Obviously, as we talked about, like, um, using a lot of different chemicals on their bodies. Yep. So, you know, that allostatic load is just ridiculously high. So, a lot of the time, all I'm trying to do is I'm, like, saying, righto, we want to get away from the F45. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, we're going to try and deload, like, you know, we're trying to, like, you're, like, they may have, like, they may be working, but then they've, I try and make them understand, like, you've got, you're working, Mm. Your Instagram is just like on, you know, you're you're updating your Instagram constantly. Yeah. Um, So, that's work. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, people are just in that yang from the minute they wake up. 100%. You know, coffees in
1: the morning, F45, you know, they're training six, seven days. I have one woman who had chronic back pain, amenorrhea, like really bad gut issues. And she was training like six, seven days a week. Yeah.
0: Well, that's- You know I've, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had a client with amenorrhea yeah. and it's just constantly trying to manage manage them. Yeah. And to understand, so with amenorrhea, this is a big thing to know is it can take up to a year to get your cycle back. Mm. And, like, and that's a year of deloading stress. Yeah. And like it can be very frustrating for some women. Absolutely. Because they think they've done it all, but it's like- you know you've you've actually put your body under a hell of a lot of stress prior to this and yeah and when i say stress like you may have under eaten for you know 10 years yeah 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 you yeah, know yeah. and now like we've got to actually re-nourish the body we've actually got to try and um uh, like deload your yeah. training work on your nervous system yeah. like there's yeah. just so many different things that we need right. to be able to take away so that your body feels safe to have a baby and that's pretty much what it's saying. It's saying I'm not safe yeah. to have a baby, so I'm shutting this operation down.
1: Yeah, or I'm not safe to step in the divine feminine. Oh, that's a good one For, too. for, for whatever reason, and I think that's the first step that I notice with a lot of these women is they don't feel safe. To come out of the masculine, yeah, because as that they feel like they've got to be in that state of protection for whatever reason, yeah, whatever trauma they're still energizing subconsciously, whatever challenge that they're trying to avoid, yeah. Um, you know, I know for a lot of women, body image is a huge one, huge, massive, and so they take, think they take a day off, they think they're gonna get they're fat. Gonna get fat, yeah. yeah, exactly, and that's 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 probably one of the major ones, um, that I've noticed. But it's 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 incredible to see those shifts because a lot of shifts can happen fairly early in the way the body starts to respond when you pull them out of the mask and whether their body starts to be less sore and it starts to, you know, even, even um, their digestion, all these things start to come back online pretty soon. But you know, those more chronic cases, you know, they take they take a bit of time, mm. but, um, but yeah, like I think um, a lot of women as, as we, I think we said in the previous podcast or even men as well is a measure their health through their body image and what's happening with their body image versus yeah. actually the way their body is responding
0: um, physiologically. Yeah. yeah. Well, some women yeah. and you would talk to them; they they wouldn't think it's a big deal if they don't have a menstrual cycle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some women wouldn't think as long as they're they you know they look a certain way. Well, they, some women think it's an inconvenience. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 hundred yeah, percent. They'd be yeah. like, oh, this is this is good. I don't have to deal with the shit. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Mm. I want to go back a little bit, like, we talk about the masculine, like, the world's getting set up to push women into the masculine. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not just, like, their- Their challenges or traumas or whatever. Yeah. It's it's, it's societal. It's societal now. It's, like, like the traditional um, traditional female masculine roles. Yeah. And, look, you know, there's obviously, you know, they're up for debate, but- Like some of them that we talk about, like the you know um, the nurturing side of a female is being shut down mm. to become the to become the providing um, role now. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. So it's like yeah. so. For example, like most women are forced back to work. Well, we're talking about inflation lately. You yeah, know, exactly like things right. Like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, that's like
1: they're forced to
0: work now. You know, they to keep their homes. Exactly right. So, yeah. yeah, and and even before mm. that though. You know, this can go into a little bit of a conspiratorial sort of thing. But, you know, the Mm. reason they want like, you know, they want women working is you're getting the taxes from the women. You know what I mean? So, there's a push to get women to think that like to get women in the workforce more because that makes more money for the government. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not not necessarily about um, equality. Yeah, yeah. It's about making more money. Exactly. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And then, And then what happens is- Like a child who's not getting raised by their mother, well, who do they get raised by? They get raised by their childcare. Childcare we and then, can be more influenced by the government. Exactly right. And then, and then it starts a really good cycle. They go from childcare, they're influenced by the, the government's program, and then they go to a state school where, mm-hmm. where they're... They're um, programmed there, and then all of a sudden, you don't know your child when they're a teenager because you never had any influence over them because we weren't there because we were just trying to catch up. Exactly. And then, and then, or keep up with the Joneses. And they
1: indoctrinate them back into the system where the system stays strong and they've got the control. Exactly right so it's it's a yeah this is when we start going a bit more <laughs> go a bit deeper we're right of right wing but yeah we, we love we, oh, I'll make people think but this is why we're here this yeah. is like the, the,
0: the whole shift, shift of consciousness. consciousness yeah exactly yeah. So. have a think about it like it's yeah. you know it's it's a way of thinking about your life because yeah. I, I tell you now like me and Belle talk about it like we're, we're like look if shit went wrong our priority is family like yeah. over everything so we would give up so much just to keep us together, yep. or just to keep Leo with his mom, or whatever. Keep uh, we would give up so many things. We'd give up um, so many parts of our lifestyle to make sure that we keep that. That's our sole goal. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. To keep the family unit strong because family family units it, like when in history has uh, when like when when family units are strong been been um, I guess vulnerable yeah not, they're not like they're not vulnerable when they are together they're yeah. strong and 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 that's where i think sh- yeah that's where i think the system does try to it's it, it is it's trying to break up families in certain ways no doubt. And we could go deep into social media we could go deep into like porn we could go yeah. like like the whole the whole rabbit hole with that like that's yeah. Goes deep, yeah. 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 But we'll yeah. we'll maybe pull the brakes and we'll Yeah, to, yeah. We'll keep it female hormones. But
0: yeah, yeah, there is a definite movement to push away yeah. from the feminine and and yeah. to um, demonize, oh, not not demonizing it, but like yeah, the, the equality pushes. You know, it's we're losing that identity of the of the um, divine feminine. Yeah. Um, now let's go back into um, hormonal dysfunctions again. Now. I have amazing success with endometriosis clients. Same, they're my favorite. I love them too. <laughs> uh, I actually,
1: I actually, I PCOS actually for me maybe yeah. a little bit more, but I love endo too. Yeah. So
0: endo is my favorite. Yeah. Um, I just love women coming to me with endo because they're told that nothing, nothing can be done. Oh, it's the best. That is the best. And yeah. and look, I, I would say most of the best results I've got, and I work with majority of females, is them calling me. You know, a month into the protocol, two months into the protocol, and going, I just got my period, and I had no sign that I was going to get it. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. And they're like, normally I am so emotional, crazy. Mm. Um, uh, I'm in pain. My flow is just ridiculous. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, and I, it's like, and you know, I love that because there's a massive link, and there's a massive link with endometriosis and bacterial overgrowth um, yep. within the gut. Yeah. We just talked about it a little bit um, before, you know, obviously a big link with SIBO. Now, I spoke about beta-glucuronidase being a big um, impactor on estrogen dominance and that hormonal aspect of endometriosis. Yes. Um, and then there's obviously the inflammatory... Yeah, the immunological kind yeah, of aspect of it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, but mm. what you generally find with a lot of people is once we start to like clean up a lot of their lifestyle... Um, clean up their nutrition. So, we start to drop that inflammatory load within the body. Then we start to um, incorporate things that balance out their microbiome. We all of a sudden endometriosis starts to disappear. Yeah. And um, it obviously takes a bit of work, um, Mm. which is, you know, that's something you've got to dive into. Um, But like it's phenomenal knowing like I've got clients who – all they thought they could do was get surgery and they've had mm. surgery before. And yep. then they're like, but the surgery just means we're just going to burn these off, but they're going to like these, sorry, these fibroids are just going to, we're just going to burn these off
1: mm. and then
0: they're going to come back and you're going to come and do this again in five years. Yeah. And I had a client recently who they went in for a checkup, you know, she had them burned off years ago, went in for a checkup, no more fibroids. Yeah. And it's like, and then like, she's just like, wow, like, you know, they thought there's nothing that could be done yep. Well, there's obviously a, a lot that can be, be done yeah
1: and and that and that's what i notice in a lot of my clients i've um helped become asymptomatic with endo as well like obviously if they've got a growth that's in the body already we can't fix that that's nah. a physical manifestation but once once we deal with the root causes, the growth stop. Yeah. That's that's the reality of it. And the root causes, Marcus said, like I, I look at it as an estrogenic immunological, like we know mm. that's what it is, but I also look at it as a masculine energetic yep. sort of condition as well. I typically notice that they um, they tend to have that going on. Um, and this is when I start to go into my Eastern philosophy and I look at the body's chakra systems mm. and look at the, the root and sacral chakra um, being your 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 sense of safety and security mm. but also your family belonging and that's obviously where the ovaries reside uh, sorry the um the the gynecological region um resides so you know when there's en- like basically any sort of trauma that has caused stored emotion in that area um, you know we we know that 50 percent of endometriosis cases have been sexually abused yep and then we know like if we look at sexual abuse it's like it's a complete breach of safety and security, yeah. And and then if we if we look at okay, well, if that's a core emotion like fear, let's just say, I mean, that could categorise into so many other traumas as well. So, yeah. so that's where we we kind of unpack that as a major major layer as well. And this is where we we want to look at. Look at things a little bit Because um, We'll get Dr. Stuart Gillespie On our podcast He's been educating me In this about the Immune types And immune drives And he talks about The TH17 immune drive And how endo um, comes into that. yeah. Like the estrogenic aspects of that can drive things. Mm. But then we can also look at things like infection that mm-hmm. can drive things as well. Um, which is the autoimmune pathway by the way. And then we can obviously look at things like trauma that can drive that yep. pathway. Yeah. Um so so typically we want to be looking at that in the history, you know, like when did this start, when did you get yeah. diagnosed? When did it happen? What was happening around that time? What was mm. happening prior? Did you get a really bad gut bug or did you notice your gut health started down yeah. Or did we um, were your hormones always a mess? Like, um, you know, was your period really heavy as a, like as a, as a teenager? Like, yep. or was, um, you know, how was childhood? How was your family dynamics? Like, and when we start to look at those layers, like often they have all three going on. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: so like, well, so yeah. It's funny you talk about, um, we talk about links. There's a link between a woman who has endo and their mother being a hairdresser.
1: Oh, yeah. Because of
0: dilates. Dilates. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one as well. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, it's so funny because when I heard about the link, I started asking like, clients, like I, yeah, started, yeah. Telling, I just started telling them, there's a bit of a link between like your mother being a hairdresser. Like Ooh. I swear to God, the first two I said it to, they were like, my, my mother was a hairdresser. No, no way. way. Yeah, look, it's, yeah. You know, obviously- You know, that's um, speculative. But yeah, it's it's very interesting just because of... When we talk about like phylates, phylates are like um, uh, xenoestrogens, like they're going to... Um, create more estrogen in the body but they're also going to they're a chemical
1: from plastic for anyone that didn't know so any type of plastics, but they're also in a lot of other fragrances. Like products and fragrances yeah, and yeah yeah
0: fragrances is mostly where you find them so you like your yeah. perfumes your um, hairsprays those sorts of things that's why yeah. I, like I always say to my clients that have got endo like Poof. you gotta get away from the perfumes you gotta get away from the hairsprays like you use more like essential oils um, if you're gonna use anything that yeah. um, help with any sort of fragrance yeah. Um but like phylates also, they manipulate the um, metabolization pathway of estrogen. So like, mm. oh, I'm going to stuff up these now. Nah, I'm going to stuff up the, I'm going to butcher it. But the, the okay. pathway that we wanted to go down is- Sulfation or glucuronidation. No, it's the pathway of like- That's, uh, estrogen, that's eat, estrogen pathway? Yeah, the estrogen pathway, but no, it'll push that's it down awesome. like E sixteen, I think pathway, and oh, we want it to go yeah, down like E yeah, two. Yeah. I'm gonna stuff it up, so I don't want to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it will push us down to an undesirable pathway. Of oh, estrogen. the two
1: two OAH pathway.
0: Yes, that might be right. Yeah, two O H. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, right, uh, no, but it'll push it down sixteen O H.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which we don't want it to go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a, that's a that's like even a cancer pathway that one as well. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, one of one of those pathways. Yeah, um, yeah so um yeah so also like like that's an interesting segue as well um because i would would also like to talk about things like like um the comp t enzyme issue as well yeah because that's a that's a a, an important pathway that some people especially noticing a lot of like when i've done gene testing with um with endo um Sufferers that they've got that Comp T enzyme mm. issue or Comp T gene polymorphism. Mm. So it kind of comes in with the MTHFR genetic polymorphism as an issue with being able to break down and metabolize um, estrogen as well. It's yeah. like a pathway. Um, and typically those sort of individuals need a high dose of like magnesium. Yeah. Um, and they may do quite well with some like calcium deglucarate as well. yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah but anyway yeah i don't know if we went off track with the phthalates but
0: yeah no 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 no, it's good mate it's just yeah. talking about like it's it's just good to talk about all the things that can come into that yeah. estrogen dominant side of things all that hormonal disrupting um play so you know like whether it's genetic polymorphisms and how you support those or whether it's toxins um yep. that have come in from outside whether it's emotional stress that You know, we've been through whether it's trauma, whether, you know, from sexual abuse. That's right. It's good to understand all these. But the hard thing is, is you know, when we talk about like trauma and sometimes there's certain things that like you can't take back, they're out of control, like sexual trauma. Yeah. But And you would think that there's nothing you can do about it, but bringing it to light is what what does something about it. You know, like bringing it up and and understanding it and not putting it in the closet is one of the biggest parts of – Processing it, you don't have to do anything special. A lot of the like, a lot of the time, yeah, but you yeah. need to you need to bring it, you need to be able to bring it up, bring yeah. it to light,
1: yeah, and 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 get to a place where there's a, a visceral change mm. in your relationship with it. Yeah, it might it might not completely. It's like it's not meant to completely go away. It's going to be a part a part of your subconscious mind, but your relationship with it and how it feels in your body mm. um, is where is what healing is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, look, so, I,
0: I I find. Because I, th- I find that can be the hardest thing mm. with something like y- you want to go to someone like you've got some sort of trauma or something like that. Mm. Um, first off, it's hard to talk about. But when you do talk about it, it feels so good. Like, yes. It feels so good to release and just be able to talk about things openly in a safe space. Yes. Um, but also sometimes, you know, some people can be looking for a guru to make it feel all better. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? right. And it's... It's not about that. Like, no. it's just about um, feeling safe to share your experience and, and acknowledging that it's there. Mm. And that acknowledgement is what can sometimes be the thing that helps you to release yep. um, from your body or release some of that trauma so that you can um, your body can function.
1: Absolutely. And I think sometimes... It's 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 initially that guidance and support is about just helping connect the dots, so then you've got better self awareness and understanding. But the big step in any healing journey is taking self responsibility. Yeah, taking charge of yourself. A lot of the time, when there's these externalizations of hoping someone's going to save you and fix you, is where a lot of the codependency shows through from these type of traumas, and yeah. also maybe even the way um, you know childhood was for you and things like that. That um, that there's a part of you that's still stuck in that moment of time there's still a, in a child part of you that's kind of running the show which we know you know children are dependent on their yeah. parents right but a big part of of healing is is really that kind of rite of passage into becoming you know an adult and mm. taking charge of your own body and yeah. yourself and and those things and I think um, that requires sometimes holding space for those parts of you that may have not ha- had, had space held. Yeah. Maybe, um, you know, didn't feel entirely safe to feel emotions or to express emotions. And that often is the the thing that helps you transcend um, into either a new timeline or do you move, for- move forward in your life and focus on what's in front of you rather than what's behind you. But to do that, yeah, like that space needs to be held because yeah. – um, yeah, for, for, a lot, for a lot of people, it just wasn't safe at the time. Yeah. you know. So, now it's time to process. Now it's time so then you can move forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. All right, I want to finish this off on let's get some like – so, that was really good talking about like the emotional side of how like maybe helping process things naturally. But let's talk about some things. If you are dealing with some sort of hormonal dysfunction, yep. let's talk about the things that like we think you need to focus on. Now, let's say um, we can go into like PCOS, we can go into endometriosis and maybe just pair it off with like maybe estrogen dominance and stuff like that. But let's talk about what people can do like right now. Yep. And like some of it may be that you need a coach, but some of it may be that you can just do right now to start to implement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I'll say let's say endometriosis or estrogen dominance
1: yeah well could i could i just quickly start just an overview to keep it really basic for our listeners we want to look at look at a lot of hormonal imbalance being a combination of detoxification pathway issues Mm -hmm. inflammation like an inflammation factory happening inside their gut that's causing ovarian dysfunction yep or stress and the hypothalamus being impacted yep or emotions creating dysregulation within the ovaries. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. I look yeah. very simple like that, mm. and that's a good segue, I think, for us then to talk maybe into those like yeah. like areas
0: a little bit for and, sure. Like, what we can do, yeah, L- love that. Righto. Yeah. Well, we started with the liver. I mean, sorry, with detoxification, detoxification pathways. Yeah. Do you want to go into that a little bit? deeper?
1: Yeah. So I suppose like um, we you know you you meant to make hormones and you meant to. Detox them, yeah. So, so for for many, they can have really sluggish detox pathways. So, um, so starting there can 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 maybe help. It just depends on what's happening with your individual situation. Mm. Um, now, methylation, um, sulfation, and glucuronidation pathways within phase two um, plays a huge role in helping get rid of excess estrogen, and the two O H pathway in phase one. So. Um, so things like, um, you know, starting by just like removing toxins from you, you know, like we spoke about thylates, we spoke about any sort ex- of xenoestrogens, like really cleaning up and getting on more natural products. Things are real, like, you know, they probably either come from a plant or they come from from the ground or like whatever. Yeah. Like, so what, or what animal animals, even like,
0: let's, let, let's go specific. Um, so xenoestrogens, where are we going to find them?
1: Yeah, so basically majority of products that you find on your supermarket shelf that are, um, you know, in terms of any sort of hair care products or skin care products or soaps or shampoos, like all that stuff. But even, you know, your toothpaste or even... deodorants i mean like it your goes tupper to, your Tupperware containers. containers your plastics your even your cooking pans your like, water bottle water bottle like you, it, it is a massive list yeah. and you can you can look them up like there is if you go on google you can actually like even receipts yes bpa on bpas seats. as well like yeah so you got to be you know yeah look some things you, you 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 do your best with like there's yeah. some things you can't get away from completely but you do your best with the things that you're you know, I always say start with things that you're putting in your body and on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, so I, I, I- And what you eat your food
0: out of too. Exactly. Yeah. The few yeah. things I say to clients is like, we want to change your cooking. We want to get away from Teflon pans. Yes. So I try and get to cast iron pans. Yeah. Or a lot of people take their food to work. So I say like, let's get away from um, Tupperware containers, and get to glass containers. Yes. Um Let's start to look into uh, your makeup and your skincare products and start to try and get more natural organic products. Stop drinking out of plastic drink bottles. Sp- yep, we yeah, We want to get a stainless steel drink bottle. Yeah. Um, so, that's a big one. Uh, obviously, we want to try and get away from... We want to try and filter our own water because yes. there's lots of um, hormone-disrupting stuff in the water, like there's medications in water and... And, and microplastics. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um uh, I'm trying to think of any, think of anything else, like pet perfume, deodorant, yeah, those sorts of things you want to try and go to all natural. So anything yeah. like that you're putting your food in, cooking mm. your food in, putting on your skin, um, we want to try and clean up. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to help detox or, um, sorry, deload those... Xenoestrogens.
1: Yep, yep. And that's gonna really help 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 support your detox pathways to work more efficiently. yeah Then we might come in with nutrients, depending on the individual. You know, magnesium glycinate is gonna be really good. Um we also look at even things like broccoli sprouts, yep. which which are gonna have like I really like indurosol, um it's a really high quality form, sulfurophane mm. and and dim. Um, in that can be quite good Um, I don't always like to go chucking females on dim straight away because it can potentially um, cause too much detoxification so we usually start with something a bit more gentle something that you can keep in and it's also got other benefits for the gut as well Um, and then uh, even things like you know NAC can be quite good to help the sulfation pathway Uh, like NAC and glutathione should be definitely used at the right time though because you know if you are dealing with an infection it isn't always good to use it straight away Um, you know it it can affect the effectiveness of an antimicrobial phase if it's done too early Um, but if we look at um, what else uh, like calcium do gluco rates really good for the beta glucuronidase issue that can occur in the gut. Yep. That might be a good segue now to talk about the gut. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. percent. So that's
0: yeah. and then the, the the next part that comes into it is um, yeah your microbiome and your um, and if you've got any sort of like negative gram bacteria overgrowth or SIBO. Mm. Um, so. What we want to be able to do here is obviously we want to try and lower inflammation. Um, So a lot of that comes down to actually healing the gut lining, Mm. Um, so um, healing any sort of leaky gut. And then we need to balance out the microbiome. So generally that comes with some sort of antimicrobial phase where we're um, looking at trying to... Bring down any sort of pathogenic bacteria or any any even if it's beneficial flora that's overgrown, um, then what we want to try and do is is actually build up our beneficial flora again um, after that. So obviously there's some sort of like rebalancing as I spoke about. That's going to be a um, a huge factor here because there's a massive link between SIBO and um, endometriosis. Now, if you're someone who Like and a lot of people are if they've got some if you got like end endometriosis or estrogen dominance you'll generally be linked with some sort of gastrointestinal issue so you're probably dealing with bloating or constipation or anything like that yeah on a short term thing you could try a low FODMAP diet and see if your symptoms get better yeah so yours like that could be just one thing that is not a diet that you can be on forever but that could show you that a big link between your Estrogen dominance or endometriosis is bacterial based, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that can be just something you do short term, but then eventually you you know you probably have to see a, a coach or a practitioner to help you to balance out your microbiome. Yeah, um, have you got anything to add there?
1: Yeah, so b- beta glucuronidase can be oh, yeah. an enzyme produced from mostly E. coli, so that when that's when that's um, being over overproduced uh, most in the large intestine mm. um, that can can uh, basically push estrogen back into circulation and pull it out of the, the glucuronidation kind of um, uh, liver detox pathway so we also want to look at I guess like the gut being very connected to the liver as well so not only are you going to have endotoxin potentially endotoxin producing bacteria cause ovarian inflammation and cause some dysregulation with luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone, but you want to look at also the way those toxins can overburden the liver a little bit as well. So yeah. you're getting kind of a double whammy. So, definitely addressing addressing the gut and as uh, Marcus said, like if you've got gastrointestinal kind of symptoms or any sort of other peripheral symptoms and maybe you've been trying things like the hormone kind of upstream kind of work, like taking herbs. Vitex and the, all these herbs and maybe you've been taking things like methyl B vitamins and all this stuff and nothing's working, well, it definitely would probably be a combination of emotions and gut work that you need to focus on. Yeah. So... Um, and that's and that's yeah that's that's the reality of that. But we know obviously LPS like from gram negative bacteria is a mm. is a big driver of a lot of these issues yeah. and the way that causes ovarian inflammation. Well, it can uh, be and also drives up things like e- insulin and blood glucose and
0: exactly right and that's yeah. why
1: it's such a big link to PCOS. PCOS, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know, um acetaldehyde as well is going to be an issue with some of those things too. Yeah. from candida. So the gut has a major, major link in that. We might save that one for another podcast, go a bit deeper on that stuff. Yeah. But um, but just know that the gut is a major player in, in your hormones. Major. Major. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely working on a protocol there potentially, but you could start by just cleaning up your diet. Mm. You know, start by eating eating less processed foods, less inflammatory foods, less inflammatory foods, you know, a Western based diet's been shown in the research to increase endotoxemia levels by 70% over four over consistent, you know, over, uh, eating it consistently yeah. over a period of four weeks. So you're already, you you know, just clean up your diet may reduce a lot of endotoxemia levels. Um, so that that's going to be a good starting point. And then, you know, if things don't get better, that's when you might need to start working on, on you, know, you know, using some supplements to nudge things in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know, some other maybe holistic framework. But starting with definitely reducing chemicals, cleaning up your diet is a good start. And then I would also say, you know, like a lot of like nervous system regulation work as well yeah. and and doing work on whether it is processing emotions. If you've got stuff that you need to move through, we know that regulates the, the, the nervous system by, by up to like 50 or between 50 and 70%. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it's, it's ridiculous when you just actually start feeling your emotions yeah. and start processing them. I look at the female cycle at the end of a cycle being a time where women may have built up emotions and it's time to feel. Yeah. And when you're feeling a lot of emotion, whilst that might be charged from hormone imbalance and these dysfunctions, often as well, I notice it's also a apprehensive thing for women to not feel their emotions. Yeah. And it's it's like um, they kind of resist it. Yeah. And then they become more reactive and they don't actually allow themselves to feel and move through the emotion. Yeah. And I find that when women, like a lot of my women clients, I've taught to do that they might, their cycle might not be coming like their period, like the actual menstruation, the bleed isn't coming. Yeah. But then when they feel and process the bleed then happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: And, and I, whether this is an energetic thing, like, or just a nervous system thing, it's probably all inter, interrelated. So, so definitely feeling your emotions. Yeah. I think is crucial. I think having grounding strategies and breathing and meditation, all those things I think are mm. really important. too
0: And you know, they're, they're, they're going to deload the stress as well so that's the other thing we didn't go like just touch on is do less. Yeah. <laughs> do less. Like there's, you know, you try, like a lot of women are trying to do everything. Um, and sometimes it's time to do nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um and, you know, that's uncomfortable for people. And I've talked yeah. to my clients about this. I'm like, how do you feel when you just sit on the couch and do nothing? Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, uncomfortable. Like, I feel like I should be doing more. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel like I'm wasting time. I am you know, I feel guilty. Yeah. It's time to, time to sit with that because yeah. you're not designed to be going flat chat all the time yeah you know what i mean and it's and that's a big thing so it's taking things off your plate mm. so let's deload our lifestyle and then let's add in meditation and breath work so that we can start to tip the scales in the other direction yeah more yin
1: practice go from exactly the yang right. to the yin yeah then that and that's that's an interesting one where you say that that allowance just allowing yourself to have your period. Yeah. You know like allowing yeah. like like and I think a lot of people don't allow themselves there they're very um, overstructured and logical about what they need to be doing versus being in touch with with how they're feeling and flowing yeah. with what their body is yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's that's a big part of the divine feminine nature.
0: And the big yeah. thing with meditation is what it does is it forces you, and I'm a big fan of not doing guided meditations. I'm a big fan yeah. of you just sitting still and just and just like being. Um, yeah. because you need to process your thoughts. And the reason why we don't sit still is because we're scared of what's going on upstairs like we're we're uncomfortable with how what like what our thoughts are so yeah. why don't we just keep ourselves busy we just keep working and that's what cascades into these issues so yeah um if you are someone who is uncomfortable being based like being um in your own thoughts then it's a really good place to start where you know <laughs> you'll you'll then know you'll go all right Wow! Like I need, I need to do work on this.
1: Yeah, and yeah. even just being uncomfortable in your body, yeah. and because and, all those things interconnect. So that's that's a definitely a, a very good point to start. Yeah, something that we didn't really touch on actually is the symptoms. Maybe just so like women know what's normal and what isn't. Yep. So, what would you say would be what's normal? What isn't when it comes to maybe
0: hormonal imbalance symptoms? And maybe we'll finish it there, just so yeah. that ties it ties it back in. Yeah. So, I yeah. would I would say like so a cycle you know should be around the twenty eight day mark. I think the you know it could go as long as thirty five days, but it should yeah. be around the twenty eight day mark. Um, uh, you should probably bleed for around three to five days. Yeah. Um, you know, the blood should be like a, a, a pretty bright red. Yeah. Um, shouldn't be like, an old, like a really dark sort of colour. That's sort of like old, mm. unflowing, stagnant blood. Um, we should, like if we talk about the going through the cycle, um, like I said in the, like, you know, the luteal phase when progesterone should be a bit higher, you should be calmer yeah. um, before menstruation. So if, if you find that, you know, you're more agitated throughout this period, Mm. That's probably a sign that maybe progesterone is a bit low. Um, Mm. Also could be what can happen as well is like um, if there's gut issues as well, serotonin can be quite low in this this, um, stage as well because estrogen drops. Estrogen and serotonin have a relationship. So, Mm. as estrogen drops, serotonin will drop. But if your baseline of serotonin is low already from maybe gut dysfunction, because 95% of your serotonin is um, made in your gut, what can happen is that you can dip even lower, and low serotonin comes with agitation,
1: yeah. anger, well, aggravation. Estrogen can affect tryptophan absorption as well. Exactly yeah, right. So yeah. that's that
0: relationship. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, so that's what we've got to understand. Like we shouldn't be ext- like that's why like I said like a lot of women will be really angry, agitation, agitated leading up to their period, but that's not necessarily how it should be. Um, no. you should be somewhat calmer. Yeah. Um. Then, if we talk about like estrogen dominance, you're generally going to um, have heavier periods, more painful periods. Uh, you're going to hold on to body fat a lot easier. Um, it can be linked to um, constipation and low motility with, um, with food. Um, Loose stools as well for
1: histamine issues, because yeah, yeah. yeah. estrogen can draw histamine. So, if it's more. Um, yeah, if 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 it's constipation, it can be estrogen as well. Yeah, because the tryptophan and the serotonin motility issue, or if it's loose stools, it can also still be estrogen, But it, you're getting more of a histamine. Yeah, response.
0: yeah. So you're gonna yeah. get. So the other thing with estrogen dominance is, yeah, you're gonna get higher amounts of it, um, histamine. Mm. So you'll be much more sensitive um, to histamine. High histamine foods. Um, yeah. you know, fermented foods yeah slow cooked meats red wine chocolate yeah which is what you tend to crave around yeah, that time yeah, as well. Exactly chocolate. Right.
1: so yep. chocolate if you're craving that it could be a sign of magnesium deficiency so it might be a good time to drive up your magnesium yeah but, but yeah anyway.
0: and then high testosterone you yeah. might get um, more um hair growth uh, um on the arm maybe on the upper lip um oh yeah what's that yeah yeah, yeah. sorry do you have any uh, no, yeah. no no that's yeah yeah thinking. um just trying to think what else with that so uh, that'll be um, also come with probably irregular a- periods. Acne. Acne, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Um, acne, like
1: more cystic, is probably more an- androgen dominance, more estrogen right around the chin, jawline. Yep. Um, you get more kind of like that. It's not as cystic, but just more kind of like jawline acne, as one well knows with estrogen. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. I think the histamine one's interesting as well. Like, just so you're aware of what that it also means, it's not just a loose stools, but it's also. The runny nose, the itchy, itchy skin, maybe a he- like headaches. Like, yeah, you women know, if you're getting headaches, yeah. around your cycle, like m- most likely a histamine kind of issue there. Yeah, so you may actually do quite well with some DAO. Yeah, t- something a little bit of DAO just to relieve some symptoms. But then from there, then you want to kind of go after some of the root causes. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. Um, that's some of the things that I've no- I notice. Also, coming back a step, when you said like went more agitated, yeah. I also would go the other way too, where they go a bit more low mood, yeah. Low mood during during PMS, yeah, yeah, and menstruation. Like, real, it's normal to have a, a, like slightly lower mood, yeah. But I mean, like, real dark, like yeah. dark thoughts, and yeah. like feeling really dark. That's that's where we could look at that trip defend pathway and mm-hmm. the serotonin pathway a little bit too. I reckon, um, or there's emotions that are bubbling up, and you're just yeah, you're not not feeling. But yeah. So anyway, um.
0: hope that good insight. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we we chopped <laughs> yeah, a few awesome. things there. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot that went on. So hopefully, um, there's a bit to look into there. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, you can get it. Reach out to me or Geordie and ask us any more questions if you ever listen to this and you're like, Whoa, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoa,
1: well, like I yeah, maybe I, I actually I'm not that in touch with things. Yeah. Like maybe I haven't learned. And yeah. look, it's not your fault. Nah. it really isn't. Nah. And we're here to, to change that 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 um yeah, I, I guess that narrative.
0: Yeah. Mm. For sure. Yeah. All right. Until next guys, until next time, guys. <laughs>
1: awesome, thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening. We hope this opened your mind to new possibilities in your journey. If you want to follow on for more, please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Life Athlete Health and at Coach Jordan Briggs. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you next time.